Hello, I'm John Waters, and I'm supposed to announce there is no smoking in this theater, which I think is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of in my life. How can anyone sit through a length of a film, and especially a European film, and not have a cigarette? But don't you wish you had one right now? Mm, 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 mm. And I'm telling you, smoke anyway. It gives ushers jobs. And if people didn't smoke, there would be no employment for the youth of today. So once again, no smoking in this theater. Well, well, now we all need to make sure. Okay, yep, I'm seeing shit pop up. Ew. Ah. So, Harry, I want you to tell... So, Harry, what is the Rotten Tomatoes score for the 1979 yeah, film Alien? Yeah, Alien 1979, uh, directed by Ridley Scott, has a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Tell them. Aliens, 1986, directed by James Cameron, has a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. Suggesting, according to uh, review aggregates, that Aliens, 1986, directed by James Cameron, is a superior film to Alien, 1979, directed by Ridley Scott. And therefore this is not the case. This is therefore <laughs> suggesting mass hysteria. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess that makes this a hot take. Hot take this aliens <laughs> is garbage. There, there's my hot take. Thank you yeah. very much for listening to Try Love. Very special episode. Try hate. <laughs> Try hate. Yeah, yeah, we've tried love. <laughs> my name is Jason. My name is Cody. My name is Harry. My name is Eric. Oh my God! That's not anger. That's just <laughs> wrath. No, it's, Wait. it's contempt. Today we're who's, going that, who's that guy in the corner? Hey there, Dwarf Lemon Tree. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about the 1986 film Aliens. We're not going to be talking about it probably. I, well, we gotta. We'll say something. So the thing about this movie is, it's not good. The thing about this movie is that a lot of people like it. A lot of people like it a lot. It's sort of the in the general sense, it's considered as good as Alien. I don't know if that's true, but I've heard it a lot. Except that it is a different genre. It takes the Alien franchise and adapts it to an action sci-fi genre rather than a sci-fi horror genre. Uh, generally, I think it is considered to be a successful adaptation of the Alien franchise to a new genre that sort of expertly navigates how you do such a navigation. It sets up for sequels, and it is considered a canonical continuation of the themes of anti-corporatism and the importance of existential self-definition on humanistic terms that are established by the first movie that we talked about on our previous episode. Such an essential adaptation and continuation of the Alien franchise and universe that it came seven years later. You know, hot hot on the heels of the first movie, they thought, we've struck gold, let's wait another six years before doing anything Directed by it. visionary genius James Cameron. They got the big JC. <laughs> the other this big one. JC? <laughs> the big JC. Uh, one of my favorite uh, things about this movie, uh, do you remember that Twitter account? Where it was like, um, just like movies that say the title at at some point in the movie. Uh, I don't know if that account is active anymore. I used to follow it. My favorite entry for that was um, Aliens, where it was just like shitty image or, or like text on image, and it was the quote: uh, 
get away from her, you aliens. Um, and uh, that I take it back. Aliens is a pretty good movie. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. Uh, I thought I, w- I thought I would turn you all around with that. No, actually, the only good part of this movie is when Ripley calls uh, Jonesy, who is thrown out of the movie. Uh, Jonesy doesn't make uh, a whole lot of appearances, but early on she calls him shithead, uh, mm-hmm. and that is the most endearing thing you can do to a pet is call them shithead or any number yeah. of uh, you know names like that. Oh, absolutely. Well, and it's just like I this was I know the first time I saw it. I think Jason, you said it was the first time you saw it. Yes. Um, either of you guys... It had been a while since I had seen it. I had seen it, and I knew I didn't like it. Okay. Uh, it, it had been a long time, for good reason. I don't want to make a habit of watching Aliens. Yeah, understandable. I hadn't seen it before. Um, I, I've seen the first Alien four or five times now, um, and mm-hmm. obviously I'm a huge fan, which is why I'm being so defensive. Um, maybe that's not fair from a certain f- sensibility, I, th- I guess... I, I don't know. I think that the idea is that if you can examine Aliens on its own term, it's a competently made and exciting action film. I don't know if I agree with that, but I think that that's the idea, right, is that it can stand on its own. Um, but to answer, sorry, to answer your question, no, I hadn't seen it before. Okay. I, no, I, I didn't like it, Adam, very yeah, much. Okay, <laughs> so all, most of us were seeing it essentially for the first time, and, like, for the first 20, 30 minutes... Uh, which in the first Alien movie, like, is, I mean, the whole thing's phenomenal, but, like, the first 30, 45 minutes, like, does such a good job in setting up that movie. I was sitting there in the first, like, 30 minutes of Aliens, like, oh, my God, how long is this going to keep going for? Because it was just a bunch of this, like, military, like, dude broing as they, like, head to the installation where comms went dark, and I just, like, was rolling my eyes the entire I mean, time. Like, this sounds this sounds like I was predisposed against this movie. I tried really hard not to be, so you can dismiss my opinions if you think that I'm being too pedantic about my love for Alien. I, In my opinion, from the very first fucking shot of this movie, they get off on the wrong foot. Like, remember how in Alien, everything had such a specific referent? How, how everything had was so purposeful, and we got just the Nostromo, and just these crew members, and just this alien, and everything was a closed loop, and suggestive of a broader world, but the message of this film, and the message of this story, were specific to this instance. Uh, and that specificity gave every imbued everything, all of the elements with with a purposeful construction and point. In this movie, it turns out that everything just looked like the Nostromo, and that everyone had jobs similar to the uh, the Nostromo's crew members, and that actually, like, what we thought was specific is just broad, and and so. There's this like this application of aesthetic to a broader framework that doesn't work for me at all, uh, and it's communicated right from the very first shot when we just see a bunch of ships and stuff, and like a bunch of medical bays and uh, military um, facilities, and they all look similar to the Nostromo but less well designed. Yeah, uh, Aliens. Its fatal flaw to me is that it creates a lot of rules and it. Like like establishes a solid, uh, immovable universe around the concepts introduced in Alien, but sort of gracelessly. And 
like it erases a lot of the like chaos and panic that defined the first movie, right? Like there are still some horrifying things. There are still lots of xenomorphs. There are still you know people to die, but it's just it's it doesn't have the same like heart or reason to exist that the first movie does. For sure, and part of the going into like the rules that this movie creates, a lot of that has to do with retconning like what the xenomorphs are. Basically, they they go from being perfect killing machines to being just like honestly like really big spiders. Zerg. They they yeah. become like Zergs from StarCraft, which is just like these these like these horde of unthinking, unfeeling monsters that mm-hmm. just rush at people. Sorry. Yeah, that can be killed with basic firearms. Yeah. That's that's my biggest criticism of the movie is like in the first alien it was this perfect killing machine. It was, like, so well adapted to take out anything in there and make more aliens. And then Aliens comes around, and it takes the piss out of all of that. And it's just, there's a lot of these fucking aliens in this colony, and these, like, marine dude bros can just blast them to hell. Like, it's no big deal. Uh, Speaking of taking the piss, could we take another break, please? (laughs) Oh, my God. Gould in the home. Gould <laughs> <laughs> in the home. Are we, uh, are we back? We're back. Sorry, I had to go. Harry is empty of his pissies. Yes. And we're going to keep talking about aliens. I, I don't want to talk about aliens. I all was right, explicitly so you, against right, talking about you aliens. Could, <laughs> all is, right. You built your ship now. Fucking sail right, it. so. I don't think you're a bad person if you like aliens. Obviously, like if you if you think somebody's a bad person on the basis of the movies that they like, unless that movie is fucking Birth of a Nation, then you're a bad person. Right? Uh, if you clapped in the theater when Ripley said "Get away from her, you bitch," uh, then you are a bad. person. You get some side eye, yeah, a little bit, little bit of side eye. <laughs> um, but all that is to say, like, have have your movie tastes, right? It's fine. Like, I'm not I'm not angry about <laughs> you liking aliens. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm, I'm just not, disappointed. I'm not mad. I'm, I'm not, not mad, mad that, that you're this movie an idiot. Enjoyed. <laughs> uh, to lay out broadly before we get into plot summary, if we're even going to do something like that for this, um, no. To, to get into why I don't like this movie or why I, I am so incensed against this movie, to, to me it, it represents. Jason, you said it. I think best when you said that it represents a version of Alien stripped of the sort of artistic thematic spark that made the first movie so special, right? It's this so cynical corporate broad application of aesthetic and uh, the the sort of suggestion of meaning and context stripped of what underlies that and applied to a generic franchise for the purpose of franchisation and profitability. Right. Which is such a, it's a corporate move that, I mean, did Wayland Yutani direct this film? Yeah. Did they greenlight this movie? Uh, It's such a, it's such a specifically insulting thing to do to a franchise that are to a film that was so pointedly against the very thing that it's meant to be representing. uh, Um, Cosmos Brain is this movie a good movie because it satirizes? Hey man, maybe it's I just mean, turning the, like you 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 pan back, you you zoom back from the lens, and there's just a bigger lens. <laughs> James Cameron pulled the wool over us on that one. Yeah. I, I, James Cameron's a good director. Like I'm not I'm not trying to say he's not. Uh, Avatar's bad, but uh, Terminator, the first and Terminator, 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 Terminator was, were great. Terminator Two is yeah. good. 
Uh, Harry, do I have permission to read your letterbox review, which I think is a <laughs> you have like my a, permission. A, a pretty good summary of what you. It's just kind said. of pretentious, but uh, I, I, well, uh, you be the judge. At the, at the very least, it gives a pretext of yeah. Uh, so uh, this is Alien, the movie talking. Alien. Alien. Alien, the first one. The true pernicious evil of corporatism is not simply its apathy toward the realities of human existence. It is in its active hostility toward those realities. Corporate organizations of society are not content to merely oppress human workers in the pursuit of a vision of maximum efficiency. They must remake those workers in their own image. All of the tools, innovations, procedures, and protocols that corporate society produces, even, and especially, those designed ostensibly toward protecting or uplifting the human, work instead toward the corporation's true singular purpose, to reforge the human into the efficient. To replace the varied with the homogenized. To build the perfect singular being. Now this is aliens talking. You know, Burke, I don't know which species is worse. You don't see them fucking each other over for a goddamn percentage. Right, so like, the, the <laughs> bit that I was going for, and that, that's why that first part is so uh, flowery, is that I was going for a bit, the bit of which is that, uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's not just because I'm a, a pretentious piece of shit, uh, <laughs> the, the bit is that, uh, like, that represents the respective points of these movies, right, is that, like, Aliens is exactly meant to be a continuation of the ideas of Alien, but repackaged and sanitized so as to make them broadly applicable and appealing in the sort of Marvel uh, framework of creating movies. I mean, this to me is like, it so obviously prefigures like corporate franchisation of movies where it's like every time something's successful we have to make a million sequels out of it and we have to strip it of any meaning or context that it ever actually had for the purposes of making money off of it of, forever. of mass market appeal yeah well and sanitize is the word here right yeah. I mean that's exactly the word that comes to mind to me like watching this movie was like I I, I guess it's kind of unfair because it, like we had the first Alien movie right before it, and there's so many parts of that movie that just are so interesting and speak so deeply to so many different things. And then Aliens comes up, and it's just like the most bland. Like honestly, for the first hour, I didn't feel like it was saying anything at all. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, go. Ahead. Sorry, I, I was uh, there's. Um, like there's a uh, there was a moment where I like kind of woke from the stupor that I fell in watching Aliens, uh, and it was when they like they they eventually uh, again not knowing how much we're gonna get, get into the plot of this, but they the the no no the uh, <laughs> Ripley and Co land uh, upon this planet that we suspect has been uh, uh, taken over by a shitload of xenomorphs uh, and. Everybody, like everybody, has their their guns drawn. They're exploring this kind of like a like a post apocalyptic wasteland. Um, like it feels like the very prototypical landscape for just like something that just experienced a huge disaster, and um, you know there's no signs of life anywhere. Uh, the camera is handheld. We're following a lot of people from behind. We're exploring all these dark corners. There's no music. It's the first time all movie that there's no. There's just a lack of loudness, and I, for a second, 
I forgot I was watching Aliens, and I was like, huh, like, am I am I watching Alien all of a sudden? Like, they literally the best parts of this movie are when they just carbon copy the techniques uh, for shooting used in Alien, mm-hmm. and it made me so mad. Is it a match cut between the like the way that she's filmed in her cryosleep pod in the beginning of Aliens and the way that she ends in Alien? Um, like is all the lighting and staging and everything the exact same? I think for that's that? pretty similar. Um, but that makes me think of another thing I hate. Uh, during the <laughs> Alien episode, Eric, you were talking about like the diapers that they oh, were wearing, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, when they're put in sleep to, g- or they're they're put in pods to to get to the place that they're going to. Uh, everybody's wearing these diapers except for Ripley, who's just wearing like normal women's panties mm-hmm. uh, and I thought that was women don't a, poop a really absurd <laughs> decision holy <laughs> god almighty man yeah they don't I'm Ac- learning so many things James Cameron old Jimmy <laughs> yeah I don't um, well and to me it, <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I will say it's kind of interesting going from the end of Alien to right at the beginning because right at the end of the movie you know, it's just the last shot is just Ripley in the pod, essentially sleeping, and was I guess kind of interesting because it evoked like Sleeping Beauty images in my head. Oh yeah. Um, but and then Aliens, like one of the first shots when we see Ripley in the pod is like she looks like iced over basically, mm. and they never should have thawed this franchise. Ooh. I mean, the the, the problem with. Yes, like match cutting and and reappropriating the imagery and um, major motifs and symbols of the first Alien movie give this movie more flavor than a standard sci-fi fare. The problem with that is that it makes it easy for us, especially watching the movies back to back, to like directly compare the ideas being um, utilized between movies and this movie matches so much of alien so closely that you can actually do that you can directly compare and contrast like okay what did this symbolize in alien versus aliens like there's an android in both there's bishop in the second in aliens Mm. and there's ash in the first movie there's a corporate antagonist um again ash and the company in general versus what's the name of the guy in the second movie oh the suit bishop wait the not the the android no the the, the, the lawyer the lawyer guy it started with What's a K, I Ra- think. No, no. Paul Reiser? Yeah. yeah. I referred to him in my notes as, like, the noodle. Right, uh, which yeah. is exactly he right. Has, he has a Marty McFly vest. He's the, this ridiculous caricature who who is, uh, like, both cowardly and ineffectual and completely self-motivated and conniving and... Um, uh, greedy and will go to any lengths to... Uh, Profiteer off of the people that he is exploiting to the point where he tries to have um, a chestburster kill Ripley and a little girl because he, they found out that he was exploiting them in order to um, repossess an, an alien. Again, doing the exact same thing that they did in the first movie. Um, this movie has some decent ideas. Um, I think in the first act, Ripley wakes up and she plays the sole survivor whom nobody believes. Uh, she goes to the to the corporation and she talks about the alien and she talks about how how they were um, they sent them on a suicide mission to die. They didn't care about how people died. Nobody believes her. They all think she's insane. There's a gendered aspect to that that is good. You know, it's like this is a again we'll put another content warning on this. This is a survivor of a sexual assault speaking to her traumas 
and not being believed because we don't believe society our survivors in this society right like that's what that's a metaphor for it's a good metaphor um it completely undermines any psychological reality because within the first fucking 20 minutes of this movie she's over it and she's ready to help with the aliens again uh when and they what what like draws her back in for that like, is there any good... I, I'm well, completely forgetting the actual, like, structure. So, and to the movie's begrudging credit, this this was, I thought, like, another okay scene um, where she's having that conversation with Paul Reiser's character, uh, the Noodle. Um, so Ripley and the Noodle are talking. Uh, the Noodle's trying to get her to go on this, mis- on this mission, and then all of a sudden she starts feeling, like, the, the you know, Kane-esque pains of uh, having that chestburster come through and you know, again, kind of, like, forgetting what movie we're in for a second, like, that chestburster comes out and it turns out it was all a dream. I think, uh, I think incorporating that type of, like, PTSD, that that type of horrific imagery, uh, and instilling that in Ripley's mind, her, what I assume what the movie was trying to do is her thinking, like, the this isn't going to go away, this, this isn't going to stop if I don't, like, face it myself if I don't take part in eliminating this horror for you know futures to come that that was how I saw it too was essentially not not as much like for people to come I mean there was a piece of that too but more like that's how she would deal with it I guess was what the movie was trying to say it's going for um it doesn't work for me at all yeah uh I think it's kind of insulting to sexual assault survivors, in yeah. fact, because it's, expose them it's to playing a thing. it's playing at the idea that that what Ripley went through is something that's serious and something that will be defining that she'll have to work through, right? And that has traumatized her perpetually, and that's something that the the mo- first movie does an actual good job of establishing, right? Is yeah. that these are these are horrific traumas that are defining and that are in part our stories are about overcoming those um, right. and that it's not a good thing whereas in this uh, it, it again play, pays lip service to the idea that Ripley is a traumatized character and then decides that actually she's heroic and her heroism is defined by how quickly and easily she can overcome her own traumas and it's like fuck that like yeah. you're you were not brave or heroic if are you're it's not it it's it's suggesting that that people who are deeply traumatized uh, and can't quote unquote overcome it by re-exposing them to themselves to the their traumas again are somehow less heroic yeah or it's defining heroism in those terms and that's a fucked uh definition of heroism right right um it also later in the movie establishes uh ripley's heroism is fundamentally maternal and motherly i was just about to say in addition to what you just said it's 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 attempting to pick up the jonesy metaphor from the first movie and make it more literal uh she finds a sole survivor little girl that she has to care for doesn't work at all because Mm -hmm. it's defining all female strength as maternal which is fucked and not at all what the first movie is suggesting um, in my opinion. So many of these things are afterthoughts. Um, <clears throat> that is what makes that scene um, it, in part like very insulting, as you said. Uh, it was thrown in to, to kind of cash grab off of uh, the ideas and the imagery of the previous installment without actually doing any of the legwork mm-hmm. to I, uh, to make to make that a worthy theme. Uh, it has no place here. Um, and then the you bring up Newt, which is great because Newt uh, embodies so m- many of the things that I hate about this movie and the screenplay. Um, gr- the great point of like Ripley doesn't have any role or 
like value to this movie or to her crew until she is uh, displayed as uh, as a mother, uh, which really sucks. Um, Just as a note, in case yeah. anybody hasn't seen this, Newt is the name of the child. Oh yeah, Newt is a kid, not well, uh, not a Newt. The name yeah. that she yeah. gives herself, right? Yep. Um, Newt is also uh, a way for us to learn just what sort of nerfed uh, xenomorphs we're dealing with. Like I said, uh, Aliens um, strips away all of the, as we've all talked about, like the ali- the xenomorphs are no longer perfect killing machines. They are, in fact, monsters that let children uh, like hide in dark corners of their pretty limited environment for weeks at a time uh, with with no like with with no threat um i don't know just i have a hard time believing newt would last 10 seconds uh on the nostromo um it artificially creates unearned stakes you know just making people care about a kid um i didn't it's cheap it's cheap i didn't feel that with jonesy at all i feel like jonesy meant something newt doesn't really mean or, or represent anything um yeah uh oh and just the annoying kid tropes of like Knowing more than uh, more knowing more than adults, we know that at various times, various characters on the Nostromo are not like the best suited people mm-hmm. uh, for these certain situations. Um, listen to our previous episode about Alien, um, but having a kid there to hold up a mirror and say, "Nobody here is smarter than me. I know the I know how to survive in this situation also, better than you." This is not as good a point. So sorry, uh, but she also just has like the Robert Zemeckis like precocious kid personality that yeah. every kid of her age has, where she's just like sort of like again after she recovers miraculously from her trauma of seeing her family die, um, she has this sort of spunky kid personality that mm. is just really kind of grating to yeah. me. Not not that the actress does a, a bad job or the actor, sorry, um, or that that kids shouldn't be in movies right that, but but this is a spunky kid movie yeah and, and it's it's just like it's sort of agency depriving when like we have to like obviously this is just a character who is a stand-in for that trope mm-hmm. as opposed to a character mm-hmm. um you you mentioned something good that kind of works for me at, at first which is that so so uh broadly the plot of this movie is um ripley wakes up she is now the sort of go-to xenomorph expert, even though nobody really believes her, except that as soon as she wakes up, miraculously, after years and years, this colony that had been placed on the same planet where they originally found the alien eggs has now come under attack. They've lost contact with it. They're going to send a group of uh, colonial marines to the planet's surface to investigate what happened. They decide to take Ripley 2 as an expert on xenomorphs because she can tell them what they're up against because they they figure they're up against this unidentified life form. Um, The colonial marines are caricatures of military... Uh, industrial machismo, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like they total jarheads. Yeah, oh, they're God. They're yeah. caricatures of that military culture and value system. So they don't believe Ripley. They make demeaning jokes uh, among each other about women and about Ripley. That stuff kind of works, right? Because like this is a movie about not believing survivors. Um, the problem is that the movie is not actually critical of Marines. You know, like, right. I really thought that they were, were going to be. I was ready to give this movie a, a lot of credit because I saw where they were going. Because, like, the first movie is so critical of the culture underlying corporatism. I thought that this movie was adapting that to the military-industrial complex and being critical of the fundamental ideology undergirding 
the expressions of machismo that these people were exhibiting. That's not really what happens. Because these people, of course, are uh, wheat for chafe or whatever that fucking phrase is. I'm sorry. Um, but but chum in the water. They're they're destroyed by the, the xenomorphs like immediately. A bunch of them die. There are communication mishaps. They're not well suited for their roles, etc. Um, and they're, they're killed um, largely because of their own sort of uh, gung-ho swagger. Um, but that is portrayed as sort of tragic and um, I, I don't know. I didn't see, there wasn't a criticism of of militarism there, right? Like, oh, no. at, at least in my opinion, it was like like these were still our heroes. They, there was no heel turn. It was only that they were unable to overcome their threat, and that that perceiving the threat this way was wrong. Which is, you know, there's a criticism there that like you're you were um, not prepared because there's always something bigger than you, mm-hmm. I suppose. But I like like Ripley learns to be a badass from one of the soldiers. There was a there's a scene Dude. where Kyle Reese I can't remember the actor's Michael name Michael Bean is that his name Yeah <laughs> I don't know that's just a funny fucking name because his last name is Bean Bean you literally could call him Mr Bean I was gonna say are you not I was gonna say are you thinking of this right. Mr Bean sort of thing <laughs> sustained um, <laughs> overruled <laughs> uh, he literally teaches her how to operate yeah, it's an Michael assault Bean. rifle. And it's, it's portrayed as semi-romantic, first of all. Yeah, which, yeah oh aliens needed a, That needed a romance subplot, right? You wanted to see Ripley have a romance subplot? Right, that was the second um, way in which Ripley suddenly provided value when she was like a potential romantic partner for and, this and high-ranking also, military officer. Even after... This scene happens after all of the colonial marines with all of their swagger, swagger their way to untimely deaths. Uh, <laughs> we see this guy who's showing off. He calls it like his... his best friend or his masterpiece or something and he shows her this assault rifle uh, and teaches her how to how to use it and it's cool and then she the thing is she uses that tool uh, at the climax of the movie to great effect and I like I literally turned to Cody in the movie theater and was like am I being punked <laughs> like I can't believe that there was a scene where we're shown how to use a firearm and it's cool and badass and that was the whole commentary it's like like in in the first alien the you can't use the tools without fundamentally reconsidering the culture beneath them right like like it's not just corporatism it's not just this manifestation it's it's everything the the belief system underlying that system that is evil in this movie the belief system is fine actually <laughs> I like honestly I think that's what they're saying, right? Like like even Bishop himself is like the hashtag not all androids. Yeah. Of, oh my of this God. movie. Like not all cops, blue lives matter. Bishop is actually the good android. That, like that was one thing that I had a huge grievance with because like first of all the only people that that would have like mattered to at all would be people who watched the first one. And people who watched the first one would see this and be like, why are you doing this? Directly offended by the insinuation that this... Because yeah. it, like, it just doesn't need to be a thing. And, like... But all of a sudden, it's just like, no, there are but, good androids, too. But and it it's does. Like, to, be, to be a blockbuster, right? Like, I mean, in the seven years between Alien and Aliens, like, we really got into the full swing of cheesy 80s action films. You know, uh, it, it was, like... It didn't start there, but we really kind of reached peak 
Schwarzenegger peak uh, Rambo. Like, a lot of bullshit happened. And, it, I mean, to Harry's point, it, and I guess everybody's point in the room, it literally could have been a new film. It literally could have been a new IP, and it would have been indistinguishable from so many other, uh, you know, blockbusters of the time, like action blockbusters of the time. But instead, it's just let's revive the corpse of this hundred million dollar making movie from seven years ago. Uh, give Sigourney Weaver another go at it, and uh, and make it a worse movie. Yeah, That's exactly know, right. It's it's imposing Alien onto a different movie. Yeah, I and I'm not contesting that at all. I totally sure. agree yeah. with that. It's just like what I'm saying is, I guess that sort of no, there are good androids too thing would only appeal to like core fans of the yeah. series, anyways. It feels like a and, bone thrown there. And at right? the same time, it's like first of all, they wouldn't like that, and second of all. That's not who you're appealing to with this movie, obviously. Well, like, and it, it, it's like maybe I can, I guess I can sort of, to play devil's advocate, I guess, like like sympathize with the problematization of the metaphor of androids because androids are a very loaded metaphor, right? Like because they're so often used, as in Blade Runner, which is a Ridley Scott movie, as a stand-in for marginalized identities broadly construed, right? Uh, like in in Blade Runner, androids are are people who are different enough that, according to the society that exists, there is enough reasonable doubt that they are humans at all that they can be killed with impunity. And that's a horrifying thing that the movie is making a point about how we do to our own marginalized people in our society. Mm -hmm. Uh, The problem is that that is not the metaphor that operates in Alien. Like, like it, this is a movie that is attempting to, to uh, respond to a, a more loaded metaphor, um, or it, it's attempting to bring the history and context of cyborgs and and marginalized identities uh, via androids as a metaphor broadly into this movie, and that's not the place that they have in aliens. Yeah. It it's it's interposing this this metaphorical weight that doesn't exist. And that's why the first alien didn't need to do that because it was so specific. Um and I I don't know. I like to to me especially uh in parallel with with the way that that guns are used in this movie and the way that technology like the um the forklift sort of mech oh, the that, that Rep- Ripley um, pilots at the end of the movie it, it, it's, it seems to be arguing with the first movie that actually like you can reappropriate the, the tools of the master in order to it, it, it's, it's saying it seems to be suggesting to me that, that there is something worth preserving in the um, the culture and society of corporatism and the things that it built um, where I think that the movie is fundamentally skeptical about, or the first movie, Alien, is fundamentally skeptical about that and seems to suggest that, no, actually, in order to uh, to actualize, we have to fundamentally rethink what our value systems are and, and what we built. This movie seems to be taking a different approach. I... I would argue that it's not taking any approach. I would argue that it's literally just a mostly, I mean, no, knowing James Cameron, a more or less thoughtless, like, straightforward action film. I don't. Th- I think that the end result is the same, that it does, like, make those statements, whether it considered them or not, in the making of. But I just don't get anything from this movie that says, like, they intended well, with I, these things I to mean, tell I, that story. I think that, I think that you can build a, that the reading that I 
Oh yeah, suggested. From, I, from I don't actually it. care necessarily what James Cameron's intentionality was, right? But but yes, I'm with you. That mm-hmm. like like all of this is sort of a side note, right? And because the actual purpose of this movie is to make money and sell the Alien franchise. And that's the whole, my whole point is that the first movie felt intentional in the way that yes, Alien it, feels it accidental. Felt like, it felt like the actual real first purpose of the movie was to make a point about the way that we think about ourselves under corporatism and under sort of um, anti-human constructions of society. Whereas that is maybe a happy second point. And it's so funny to me because the first movie is making the point that you can't, that can't be a secondary consideration. Like if you have a role and you have your humanity, the role is it. You can't make your humanity a secondary decision. This movie makes its humanity a secondary decision. It's not a good movie, folks. I it's, literally it's an insult. a headache talking about it. Uh, what, what else? Uh, we should talk... And, and, and in not only in the construction of the movie, but in uh, all of the symbols it uses, right? Like, uh, Cody, you pointed out that the, the xenomorphs in this movie... Uh, the xenomorph singular in the first movie was so specific in in its function and in what it was doing, and in this movie they're they're like uh, just thugs that rush at the thugs is a weird loaded term to use. I'm sorry, but uh, monsters that yeah. that rush at the main characters. Yeah, drones. Um, I think that uh, that scene or that shot where it's like, oh, where are the xenomorphs near the end? And they look in the ceiling, and it's uh, a horde of it, it made me think of like centipedes crawling on the ceiling. Just like that's what we're dealing with here is just big insects with no with no like personality as like horror movie. I guess in this case like action movie monsters. Like a, as opposition, there's just nothing here. It's just like flavorless n- nothing. You can't even I don't know. You could call them villains, but I think that would be I don't know overusing that term. That's a very generous term. Well, and it seems weird too because like. I mean, technically speaking, they're they don't have a conscience like we do or morals. So to call them villains for what would be like a defensive instinct for a creature feels weird. But yeah, except that in this movie they kind of do because yeah. there's the xenomorph queen, right? And the xenomorph queen has a specific agency, like a specific objective and specific goals, and goes about attaining those goals in specific ways mm-hmm. which is again in parallel to the corporatism of this movie in which case the noodle represents a specific bad guy and what you do when you give the bad guy a face like that is you suggest that they may not be symbolic of the larger organization which is like especially when you when you undermine further that metaphor by giving androids a specific face in bishop and suggesting that there are good androids like like we have the noodle in this but he he could be considered an extremist right he could be considered somebody who is particularly evil who is who is going about his his uh um goals in a particularly evil way and so after he is arrested by the same corporate uh uh organization that that promoted him uh, we can we can understand that that maybe the the fundamental um, underlying construction of society wasn't the problem. It was just this bad apple, right? Mm-hmm. Like that maybe the noodle is just particularly bad, and if we can remove the bad apples, we can preserve the structure that created them. Uh, the ba- the noodle isn't arrested; he's killed by an alien, of course. But uh, you, you get what I mean. That's kind of that's kind of what the xenomorph queen represented to me too. Is just that like like this thing that was a metaphor of like unstoppable 
subs- subsumation into uh, the the sort of perfect homogenized um, becomes this specific threat, mm-hmm. this specific monster, uh, and and you can overcome that, and in doing so, overcome the threat that it represents. Right. right? Well, and it just like I mean that queen leads to that infamous awful awful fucking scene. Yeah, you want to explain that scene? Okay, um, I'll do my best. So is this the one where she takes the elevator? No. So this is where um, she's like she Ripley makes it into like that main area where the queen is and there are like other more drone-like xenomorphs who are like moving in on her from the sides. Straight out of Jurassic Park 3. Yeah, and she like uses her flamethrower to like threaten all of the eggs that the queen has there and the queen like mob boss like essentially calls off the drones to like back off. They have like a negotiation. Yeah. And it's just super weird and out of place and honestly stupid. Yeah. You think about like like this movie ends with a fucking boss fight. Yeah. Where the the xenomorph queen fights Ripley Ripley in the exosuit. exosuit. After taking an elevator. Yeah. Uh, And the exosuit is cool and like, like there's a Bishop provides an assist, and he says, pretty good for a human, and she says, pretty good for an android. They do the, the predator <laughs> handshake. for a white guy. Uh, Dude, not the- all androids are bad because not all corporate constructions are bad. We can still be good people within this construction, and therefore capitalism is okay, you fucking neoliberal piece of shit movie. <laughs> Dude, uh, the egregious uh, plot convenience uh, brought to life in this final act, but also the sequence. Uh, first off, the opening the hatch into space everybody present should be dead like mm-hmm. everybody present should be sucked out into space i i don't care if you're ellen ripley like you are getting sucked out into space like you're very strong but like everybody's dead i don't understand yeah. it everybody is fucking dead well and that's what's so funny is like in the first alien movie where this is basically a callback to i guess um she is like fully suited up and she's like locked into place and like like is thinking this whole thing through and hits the button, gets the alien out, whereas she would be able to remain safe. But in Aliens, they're literally just in their clothes or whatever right. on the planet or the ship, and then they hit the airlock, and she's like holding on by her arm strength. Yes. Like, yeah, she literally basically overpowers the alien, right? And like the tools assist, but but it's like, oh, we are smarter and stronger than the alien, and that is why we prevailed. And it's like that's so clearly not what the first movie is, which is saying that like actually the alien is better than you in every single way. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. and it always w- will be, and like that's why we have to stop things like this from happening. Is because in our striving for that perfection, we are destroying who we are. Uh, whereas this movie is not saying that at all. It seems to be saying that like actually who we are is just better. Yeah. Well, uh, well and also like it again. We I don't know if we said this on Alien or this one, but like completely destroys the premise of what the aliens are in the sense of this perfect organism because this one there's no difference to how the one on the Nostromo was it didn't adapt differently or change anything it's just like oh it's the same one whereas like in the first movie my my reading of that movie has always been and I think that the that the reading is valid and supported it's Ridley Scott's reading too I think is that the xenomorph didn't actually have to look like that at all yeah the reason it looked 
looked like that is because of the Nostromo, mm-hmm. right? Like, like the the point of the Xenomorph is that it's a perfectly adaptable being, mm-hmm. that it, it becomes whatever it needs to be yeah. for its environment. That's why the air ducts were such a big deal, because it was able to maneuver through those yeah, without any and, problem. Yeah, and like that's, that's why the contrast between the humans is so good, mm-hmm. because like they can't adapt to their environments except imperfectly, right. whereas the alien is so good at that. In this movie, it turns out that the aliens just always look like that. Yeah. And like the reason they're the quote-unquote perfect being is because they're really fast mm. and they have alien blood or yeah. acid blood and it's like that's why like that's not that's that's not scary like that's the, the aliens are not a metaphor they're just an animal in uh, this movie molecular acid is no laughing matter it's, it's a really good burns point. right through the hall burns right through no but i don't care you have to say about that Aaron. that's we've covered that <laughs> um yeah i don't know i like i know people who like this movie and that's that's um not a bad thing right because like this is a it in the abstract, I think it can be a good action movie, and I'm not tr- like maybe I'm too precious about my appreciation of the first movie. Um, I just like I think that that if you if you chain yourself to the f- if you decide to um, make a sequel, if you decide to make your movie a sequel, it comes with an obligation, right? And I think that this movie really fails the alien movie that it that it preceded um by becoming about the things that the first movie has so many problems with uh it becomes this sanitized um very profit-minded action franchise and seems to suggest in the process that that's okay and that we can still make good things um while having those um Impulses, which is specifically what the first movie is not a, is suggesting is impossible, mm-hmm. um, and so from that sort of thematic point of view, it is a betrayal of the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and in addition, it it just is not uh, it just forwards a lot of kind of uh, gross regressive points about like how cool military symbolism is. Like the Marines in this movie are ultimately doomed but badass yeah except for bill paxton yeah kind of sucks in aliens we can only have one like vocal female presence mm-hmm. uh we have vasquez the military person and then once ripley kind of you know by default she gets promoted because the other one gets conked on the noggin uh then vasquez just disappears uh which is kind when of when she's killed yeah and then and then she's killed and she's like vasquez was the most interesting person of that group to yeah. watch more so than Bill Paxton which you know Lord bless him I know he's not with us any longer but I don't know I can only take so much of his crying yeah it, I mean it, maybe it was interesting in that it was annoying and pointedly so but it being pointedly annoying doesn't stop it from being annoying <laughs> yeah um, Vasquez is, is sort of interesting in that like I think it, it's sort of a stab- trying to do what the first movie did with female animosity, where it, it suggests that that Vasquez has to... Um, I don't know. There are two readings of that. There's one that, that she sort of... You know, I don't know. I, it doesn't work for me very well. I don't like, I don't like when, when women have to be uh, badass in the exact same way that their machismo male counterparts are. And that we're suggesting that, like, fundamentally what badassness is is this masculine idea. Like, and then, like, Ripley has to become more like that by the end of the movie, too. I, I don't know. It's yeah. like, it's not, it's not subversive. It's not, 
countering gender roles the way the first movie did. It's just suggesting that that like badassness is a quality that is epitomized by these elements, and that women can have these elements too, but they're still fundamentally like classically machismo elements. It's like that's just not what badassness is. Right. Um, do we have anything else we want to say about aliens? Uh, the end of the episode is what I want to get to. <laughs> movie's not very good. I don't like it very much anyway. Yeah, I, it's so hard to defend this movie because, I mean, yeah, I guess there's bias from being such a huge fan of the first one, but, like, at best, what you can get from this is, like, an okay action movie, and it's, like, if that's what you're in the market for, like, there are so many better options that fit that role. It's, like... Yeah, uh, Sigourney Weaver's great. Yeah, She's yes, a movie yes, star. Yeah. Um, an action movie star in this. Uh, she she does that role very well. Um, she owns Ripley uh, really well. I, I always believed her. Um, I didn't want to see Ripley necessarily in this type of movie, but I think that she does does it more justice even than it deserves. Yeah, I think um, she owns Ripley in a way that I think few people in maybe the history of cinema have owned like an identity or a character. Uh, she's earned every bit of that. Uh, so that's that's a nice thing about this movie is that um, we get to see her in more situations, right? We get to see that character in a more broad context, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of cool yeah. uh, because she's a great character and it's fun to see her that way. Yeah, those are explored further in uh, the third and fourth installments of this franchise, both of which I would rather rewatch than watch Aliens again. It's David Fincher and Joss Whedon, right? Not Joss Whedon. Oh. It's, uh, I can look it up, but we can keep talking. Sure. David Fincher directed the third one. The yes. third one. I can't remember who did Resurrection. I haven't seen Alien 3 or Alien Resurrection. I don't really want to. They're also not great, but yeah. they're more watchable uh, in different ways. Did Ridley Scott go back to direct any of the other? I thought he did. He like, might have done Resurrection. Well, I, I was wondering, because there was Prometheus. He did Prometheus he did and, Pro- and Alien Covenant. Okay, he did do those two. Uh, Alien Resurrection is directed by Jean-Pierre Junette. Uh, really sorry if I mispronounced that. Um, holy shit. Uh, sorry, somebody else can say things. Um, no, what, what's holy shit? Well, I'm trying to pull up his IMDb, because I like checked the, the Google filmography, and I saw, holy shit, he directed Amelie, oh. Delicatessen, uh and Alien Resurrection. That's wild. And other stuff. Wow. I think what's so funny about that to me is when I was watching the commentary for the first Alien movie, one of the things that Ridley Scott said was, I'd like to go back someday and and do an Alien 5 or 6 and talk about where they come from. And That's literally what and sure, Covenant sure is. Sure as shit, that exists. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. yeah I don't want to see that. Yeah. Uh, I... Despite myself, um, I kind of like Bishop in this movie. Um, I like Lance Henriksen in general. Yeah, he's a good actor. Um, I I don't know. I like I like uh, when when androids can be human. Um, mm-hmm. That's just a metaphor that that has always worked for me. Despite I I don't think that the that weight belongs in this franchise, um, yeah. and I don't think that it speaks to it very well because it's fundamentally still tying um, androids into corporate constructions which the movie the first movie was anti so i think that that humanizing bishop in this way seems to be fundamentally suggesting that that corporate constructions of society like wayland yutani's aren't all bad which i hate but 
that being said, watching uh, Bishop be humanized and the idea that um, that despite uh, anti-human or um, animosity generating role construction, we can still create camaraderie uh, was sort of humanized, like humanizing in a way that I liked. Yeah. Um, for me, Bishop existed, and it, it wasn't obvious to me until like the uh, when he comes flying in, you know, Bishop ex machina, um, <laughs> where just like we spend the first act kind of uh, again using the phrase scrubbing clean or scrubbing clean the the strife created by the human versus android animosity in Alien for I don't know for lack of a better reason I think James Cameron just wanted a simpler easier screenplay he didn't want to deal with that anymore so what we're doing is saying uh, androids are okay we need a character to be flying a ship at the end of the movie someone that we can trust to just kind of fuck off into this other area of the planet for the last half of the movie uh, and that's going to be this android you know Bishop is going to be that person it's just easier that way uh, and he'll show up at the end you know flying the ship da 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 the end yeah, that really makes sense, honestly, because he appears in like a couple key points that are all ship related. You keep forgetting he's in the movie. Yeah, until he yeah, comes back. yeah. yeah. Right. That's, a, that's a great point. I mean, it's it sucks because you know if someone wanted to, they could do something really interesting with that. Yeah. And and I mean, to his and honestly, to the other actors' credit, they all did a good job at their roles. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Well, the noodle was kind of silly. Yeah. Um, I mean. Silly me. Bill Paxton is pretty annoying. I think that's more about the role rather yeah. than yeah. Um, I guess to try to try to be positive, I like the idea that that um, the mil- the military have a uh, <laughs> specific response, and that response is why they get killed, right? Like that mm-hmm. that they that they have these roles, and their roles are defined by the way that they have been. Um, the roles that they've been assigned by society, but also the roles that they've assigned themselves through mm-hmm. their sort of trenchant, um, like service, toxic uh, worldview and, and self view, where where to be to to have this elite status means you have to act this way and, and behave this way and perceive mm-hmm. the world this way. Um, the the fact that that's what gets them killed is good. I like criticisms of toxic masculinity and cor- uh the military-industrial complex in that context, I don't think that this movie is sufficiently critical of those things, because those same elements end up being what give uh, Ripley the tools she needs to win the day. Um, Mm -hmm. Kyle Reese survives. Uh, I don't think that that he learns the error of his ways. Um, I don't think we learn the error of their ways, except that we see that, oh, behaving cocky gets you killed. Like, but I really think that that there's not much more pointed a, met- a metaphor here than like, oh, those guys were cocky and they shouldn't have been so cocky. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I and that's not that actionable or interesting mm-hmm. uh, a point to make. To be fair, we do learn the error of our ways uh, by going to see this movie in the first place. Um, but uh, one thing that was not an error was giving the trial on cinema our money. Shout outs to the yeah, trial. Shout outs to the trial. Shout outs. And to like the you gotta you gotta play aliens, right? Like if you're yeah. gonna play alien, you gotta play aliens. It's yeah. fine. Well, yeah. And, and I mean, who can hate on a double? feature right yeah. exactly jason you haven't Is said it back much? to me no because i i didn't want to talk about this movie <laughs> and look how much wonderful discussion we got out of it 54 minutes and two seconds and counting ladies and gentlemen uh is everybody done is that everything that everybody thought about this movie? Yeah, Jason, we're done. I mean, go I, home I, now. Right. I got a nasty look when that question got asked. So, <laughs> any thoughts I might have had, I'll uh, I'll shelf those. Good. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to Try Love. You can find us on Twitter at Try Love Podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Cody. I'm Harry. And I'm your special guest, Eric. Thanks again, Eric. We'll talk to you later. I hope so. Game Fuck over, you, James man. Woods. Game over. I like that one more. <laughs> Fuck yeah. you, James Woods. <laughs> <laughs>